0: Welcome to the Rebirth of the Words podcast. I'm your host, Seeker of Knowledge. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you all for joining me today. Today, I want to talk about the ancient alien theories that I've come to learn about and what I've learned using the same exact sources that were used to come up with those theories. For the most part, many people are aware of the show Ancient Aliens, but, and this is just from my experience only, not many people who have watched that show have actually read the ancient text or even researched some of the material presented by the individuals from that show. First of all, before I get too deep into this, I have to say this. This is in no way for me to bash the show or its creators or any individual for that matter. One thing I've learned through this journey is that everyone has a piece of the puzzle regarding humanity's history. However, it's important to understand that you can't just take one person's word for it. I say that because most of the encounters I have with people when it comes to talking about the Anunnaki, there is a person that most people like to refer me to. Maybe it'll make sense what I'm trying to say if I put it this way. Giorgio Tsukilos. Many people who are familiar with the Ancient Aliens theories will be familiar with Giorgio Suclos the dude with the hair is what most people describe him as and anyone who has watched the show Ancient Aliens knows who I'm talking about when I mentioned the hair guy but many people admire him and believe what he says is entirely accurate and there have been many times when he has mentioned Zachariah Sitchin even though Eric Von Doniken is considered the godfather of ancient alien theories. Zechariah Sitchin gets the credit for the idea about the Anunnaki coming from a planet called Nibiru. This is from my experience. This is from what people tell me when it comes to talking about the Anunnaki. They say, go read sitchin So whenever I share an article of mine through any social media or any type of website, the people who comment like to tell me, that i should go watch that show ancient aliens and i need to read sitchin's books sitchin is the one person people love to refer me to when it comes to the anunnaki and i've got to say this let me clarify this listen i have the book series the complete earth chronicles by Zechariah sitchin among other books by him i have read that series many times and thoroughly researched and what he wrote and and shared throughout his books And sadly, what people don't understand is that Sitchin used what was available to him. And he definitely got people talking. I'll get more into Sitchin's ideas at a later date. But for the most part, many people credit Sitchin for the Anunnaki theory about them being extraterrestrials and the need for gold for their home planet Nibiru people always tell me and I laugh a lot about it cuz obviously they don't they don't um really read any of my articles that I have on my website www.rebirthoftheword.com and I say that because I actually post my uh article in social media websites and they'll tell me to go research and not knowing that hey look they didn't open up that that article and read what I wrote but anyway <laughs> When I asked them if they read the ancient text for themselves, 99% of the time, they don't even know what I'm talking about. They only know Sitchin. That's the only person they know. I mean, some of them would say Samuel Noah Kramer. Some of them would say Michael Heiser. Um, but for the most part, it's Sitchin, Sitchin, Sitchin. And that's the word. This is no different than what religious people do with their gods. They, they'll say, hey, well, the people who wrote the Bible or contributed to the bible those guys had the word from god but many of you already know that i always back up what i say so that the individuals reading or listening to my material can research it for themselves i can back up everything i say without adding or including my opinion my opinion doesn't matter if i read something and i share it that's it that's all it is it doesn't matter whether i believe it or not i'm just sharing it because i've read it in a book um I'm just sharing a piece of the puzzle that I've learned. That's all I'm doing. Nothing more than that. Um, We can go and have a discussion afterwards and we can see what um, what could be wrong with what I read or what could be right. Anything, you know, but my my homepage of my website, www.rebirthoftheword.com clearly states why I have this podcast. Let me say also this. I've watched the show Ancient Aliens and have an open mind to other possibilities, but I can't help but say that it's not always about aliens. I repeat, look, it's not always about aliens. It's just not. Not It's just not. But... Look, simple as that. I've I've read a lot, I mean a lot. My website has all the books I personally own and even the classes I've completed from pre- prestigious schools like uh Harvard. Um so I know a little bit, you know what I'm saying? I have my credentials and I'll research the hell out of something. However, you will rarely hear me give my my opinion. <sighs> but anyway, I had the opportunity to buy this book called From the Producers of Ancient Aliens, the official companion book for it by series creator, creator Kevin Burns. This book is basically the first show in book pages. No, it doesn't have all the episodes in the book, but it summarizes the ideas they had shared on that show. The content of the work within that book was derived from prior interviews with the name contributors to the Ancient Alien series, such as Eric von Bondonikin, Giorgio Suclos, David Childress, Chase, Jason Martell, Philip uh, Coppins, Kathleen McGowan, Jonathan Young, Rabbi Ariel Bar Zadok. I believe I said that correctly. If I didn't, I apologize. David Wilcock, Linda Moulton Howey. I believe I said that correctly, Nick Pope and William Henry. (laughs) Look, I want to clarify that that, what I've read is that the show's creators of Ancient Alias do not necessarily believe from those individuals' names. They don't believe exactly everything that, you know, that they shared on that show. But Listening and to the the very first show, watching the very first show that was aired on March 8, thousand nine. Uh, the show is basically what was shared in that in in that book. So there was a part in that show that made me go, "Hmm," because <laughs> look. <laughs> Let me let me play it for you so you can see what I'm saying, and then I'll get back to what I was trying to uh, accomplish by getting to my point. Corners, the sunlight dissipated because it, the copper mirrors were too weak. Also, there isn't enough oxygen inside those tombs with which to support or feed a flame of a torch I was once inside the king's chamber inside the pyramid of Giza and somebody turned off the lights and immediately we were in pitch darkness and I said no problem I'll just take out my lighter from my satchel and I turn on the lighter and it didn't work so how were the insides of their temples lit him saying there wasn't enough oxygen for his lighter to be lit I found that really intriguing (laughs) and I really did want to know what was the possibilities of what was used as a light source so what I did was and this is what I researched first I typed in google exactly as I'm about to say most fires need How much oxygen to be lit? And what I found is that air contains 21% oxygen and most fires require at least 16% oxygen to burn. This is according to (laughs) www.smokeybear.com. Okay, okay. Good to know, right? But now the next question I Googled was how much oxygen is needed to inhale and what i found was that human beings need to inhale at least 19.5 percent of oxygen anything lower than that is considered oxygen deficient and a human being can suffer adverse health effects when the oxygen oxygen drops below 19.5 percent nothing else needs to be said about that but people could breathe but the lighter couldn't produce a fire okay so this was the first show to ancient aliens and this is what got people a lot of people on the gravy train for ancient aliens and many people absolutely find everything on that show to be accurate but I mean, do I got to play it again? But exploring and researching what that show had to offer, I learned quite a bit here. I'll give you some examples because this is I want to share with you what I read in the book. And it's very interesting. I've learned from watching 18 Aliens, and many people believe that elongated skulls are linked to aliens. Now, there is no clear indication that aliens had these types of heads. And because individuals like David Childress, who gives credit to Sitchin, Zachariah Sitchin, about the idea of elongated heads being you know, an extraterrestrial thing, Childress says, and I quote from the book, this is a history or I'm sorry, this is a mystery to archaeologists. We don't know why ancient people did did this. I say this again, I quote it, I'm gonna say it again one more time. Childress says and I quote this is a mystery to archaeologists. We don't know why ancient people did this. So, reading that I decided to research some possibilities of why artificial cranial deformation was done and I've learned that there were many different reasons why many people had elongated skulls including social statuses. Look, not everything is aliens, okay? I'm I I get the idea and I love it. It's it's not it's great. Alien but i've learned that there were many different reasons for this words mean a lot and you have to use them wisely um I, the earliest written record i keep learning about when it comes to cranial deformation comes from hippocrates from about 400 bc but some skulls date back as far as 12,000 years ago show some type of intentional skull reshaping and they were found in at an archaeological site in China. Could there be older ones than the ones that were found in China? Of course. I mean, I'm not saying those are the oldest. I'm just saying from what I've read so far and I will continue to read and and look for uh, dates that go back further and further. So it's just, it doesn't stop. I mean, a lot of people stop, like to stop at at the Sumerians and say the Sumerians had the first writing system, which you can clearly Google the first writing system and you'll see um, the writing system that there was on the eggshells on ostrich eggshells in, in Africa. But I'm just sharing what I've read so far. There's way too much information out there for me to say conclu- conclusively what the truth is. There have been some ideas presented that Neanderthals had elongated heads. So obviously, long heads have played a part or been a part of humanity's history. And there isn't enough evidence to show any theory to be more accurate than the other. I also learned about the Mangbetu people in Central Africa. I believe I said that correctly. If I didn't, it's spelled M-A-N-G-B-E-T-U. They usually start the cranial deformation process when the child was about or is about a month old and continue and they continue to d- do it until the desired look was achieved. Um, the term that was used for that de- deformation was a uh, limpombo. I believe I said that correctly. If I didn't spell L.I.M.P.O.M.B.O. Um, a lot of words that I I didn't hear but uh only red and this was done because it was a status symbol among the ruling classes it denoted majesty beauty higher intelligence and power i mean there was reasons why they did that okay it wasn't just because aliens i mean (laughs) let me continue you can go to google and search for the history of elongated heads and you'll come to learn about the the macrocephaly people i believe i said that correctly if i didn't i'm sorry i apologize look like i said words that i read not not heard but i spelled it out as m-a-c-r-o-c-e-p-h-a-l-i and they were an ancient tribe of africans or indians who performed artificial cranial deformation uh, but the key word is ancient and it was done because it was a cultural practice and even though the Anunnaki were considered royalty, there's no clear indication that they were aliens from a different planet. That's just a theory. I mean, I know about Cylinder Seal VA-243, and I understand how Sitchin came up to his idea using that seal, among some other things. But there is nothing that clearly says that these pe- the Anunnaki came from Nibiru. And it doesn't say that Nibiru was an actual planet. That's what I'm trying to get at. It, there's, I have not personally seen. I have the Oxford Cuneiform textbook. I know about electronic uh, ETCSL. Um, like I said, there's just nothing that I've personally seen that says that these that the Anunnaki were actually aliens. But many people who have read from my previous uh, articles that I've written on my, written on my or published on my website or heard my previous uh, episodes from my podcast, uh, know that I love mentioning the electronic text corpus of Sumerian literature. From there, I'm able to read for myself what the ancient texts say about the Anunnaki. Um, And yes, I'm aware of having to understand that there were artifacts that were used, and they also tell a story, but then I'm reminded of the saying, a picture is worth a thousand words. Look, if you don't know by now, one thing about me is that I love to research the material that I read, whether it would, it's a book or an article. I don't care. I'm going to research it. Look, I'm going to look at it and I'm going to try to find a common denominator. I'm going to try to find something that gives me. a a way to say okay look i can i can see more of this than than that um i can picture this more than that because this makes sense i'm but i'm not choosing one thing or another and that's why i don't give my opinion because i mean that can fluctuate i mean things happen things change i mean it doesn't matter you know what i'm saying so i whenever i read a book you know i I really research look (laughs) i have a lot of books and i have them on my website and I show all the books that I personally own. And every book that I have, have a lot of sticky tabs on the pages that I must reread and thoroughly investigate. I'm the type of thir- I'm the type of person that likes to give out as much information as I personally know relating to the subject as possible. So there's no confusion about what the possible truth could be. Plus, I truly want to know the truth. So I want to know, hey, if I'm saying something and this other person is saying something and I tell them something they don't know, um They can't deny what I'm saying if they've never heard it or read the material that I that I got it from. You know, you can't do that. You have to at least put yourself in that situation and be like, okay, I guess I gotta read this book. Then I gotta understand what the person's coming from. But a lot of people don't do that, and um. When I do that, you know, I read, like I I said, I read Sitchin. I mean, you can go to my website, www.rebirthoftheword.com, and you can see under the knowledge tab all the books that I personally own. You can see the types of books that I have and see why I kind of say the stuff that I say and put it the way I put it so that way people can understand it better. Um, But reading the ancient text for myself, I get a better understanding. And that's why I say it's not always aliens. But another controversial topic surrounding the ancient alien theories is the Nazca lines. There are many theories such as water related purposes, worshiping gods or extraterrestrials and make sure both. But either way, the ancient alien theorists, theorists believe they re, they're related to extraterrestrials. And there is no clear indication why the Nazca lines has anything to do with extraterrestrials. It's just more theories to add to the list. Um, There's so much back and forth about what someone should believe, whether it's religion or if it's ancient aliens or just believing in yourself. I mean, a lot of people believe all this stuff that was accomplished uh, through the Anunnaki were just human beings. The Anunnaki were human beings, men and women, okay? But there is a lot of evidence, evidence that suggests that aliens have either visited or are still visiting planet Earth. But some of that evidence that i've come to learn about leaves me with more questions than it tried to answer and and then and this is coming from the ancient alien theory side for for instance sukla says and i quote the most tangible evidence that we have regarding possible extraterrestrial technology is in my opinion the stone cutting techniques of some ancient civilizations because in some instances We ourselves today would have a great difficulty replicating what our ancestors allegedly accomplished with stonemasonry. Pumapuku is a prime example. End of quote. Look, one thing that I've learned about stones is that diamonds are a stone cutter's best friend. Circular diamond saw blades are widely used for cutting, and I believe I'm going to say it correctly, andesite rock if i'm not it's spelled a-n-d-e-s-i-t-e and it's anderson rock they didn't need metal tools to cut rocks they managed just fine with diamonds diamonds were once used as a tool it is only in our time that it's used for fashion i mean diamonds can cut stone i mean that's the hardest thing that can cut stone right now diamond Uh, What I say, (laughs) circular diamond saws. I mean, come on, man. Like, look, (laughs) then it's, then it's the movement of these stones. Let me say this. Just because something is of great difficulty doesn't mean it can't be done. And dismissing such claims takes away giving credit to those that accomplish those difficulties. Look, could have been aliens, I don't know. But I am not going to say that I know it was. If I don't, that is not something that I'm not going to do. Look, I can't look. I barely have a voice with the people that's listening to me now. Okay, And there nobody knows what the truth is. If you nobody knows and I'm not going to get into it. Look, look, you have to research other avenues. You have to research other other possibilities if you say that you know this that it was all aliens and that's all it was then you know what by God then I don't need to learn nothing else from you it was a good ride while while it lasted I got what I needed but I guess you know you're not furthering your education by figuring out or answering trying to figure out and answering your own questions you're you're just leaving the the, ans- the questions out there but then <laughs> This is where it comes in. This is why I said what I said. Then it's always said to me that it's the ancestors that say aliens did it. Did it? Listen, that alone can be up for interpretation. I say that because how the how the word gods and extraterrestrials are used interchangeably. Look, I hear oh it wasn't gods, it was extraterrestrials, or vice versa. Look, ain't neither one of them was from planet Earth. So obviously they are some from somewhere else. Where's heaven at? I don't know. They say somewhere out there in the sky. Look. If it's out there in the sky, then could it be out there on another planet? Who knows? There's a million different ways this can go. But I've also read that our ancestors said that it was just humans being deified as gods because of their contributions to humanity. Just like how, for example, there is proof that Amhotep was deified after his death. There is no agreement on what God's god with a capital g or extraterrestrials are however there is a man and a woman and both have accomplished many things difficult or not hard to believe or not man accomplished some of these most of these probably all of these things that happen on this planet just because we don't understand how it happened today doesn't mean that they didn't accomplish it But I have to say, I really enjoyed reading Sitchin's books and watching the Ancient Alien show. Whether I believe their ideas or not, it's fascinating to see other people's ideas, especially if they said they read the same thing that uh, I've read and vice versa. If they said they read the Sumerian text, uh, then we should be on the same page. But it doesn't seem that kind of that way. But what I enjoy more is researching what they say, because then and only then Am I able to understand the possibilities? Look, I'm not going to believe what one person say. If I do that, I might as well go to church. You know what I'm saying? If I, I, I'm not trying to bash anything or anything body like that, religious or nothing like that. I'm just saying if I'm going to only believe one thing, then I might as well go ahead and find me a church because obviously the extraterrestrial theory and God theory got something in common because guess what? Sitchin likes to put them together and guess what? He has a whole book that talks about that, but I'll get into all that later on. Cause I'm I got a whole plan on what I'm gonna do for my website and my YouTube channel that I just created. You know, all you gotta do is research rebirth of the word and you're gonna find what you're gonna find something. You're gonna find me on that. You just gonna find me on it. But with my desire to truly understand the past, I have to consider the possibilities that come from many individuals like Nick Pope and Linda Moulton. Or what possibly happened on April 14, 1561, what is known as the Battle of Nuremberg. What are the possibilities? Until next time, knowledge is power.